to Access Division 33, the official podcast of Division 33 of the American Psychological Association, a group of professionals dedicated to science and practice in the area of intellectual and developmental disabilities and autism spectrum disorder. In each episode, we'll speak with a different member of our division, discussing their work and why it's important to the lives of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and those who support them. and welcome to Access Division 33. I'm Laurel Benjamin, a member of Division 33 and your host for today. Today, we'll be talking about parenting interventions with Dr. Laura Lee McIntyre. Dr. McIntyre is a professor and director of the School Psychology Program at University of Oregon and is now Interim Dean of the College of Education. Professor McIntyre also directs the Prevention Science Institute, where she investigates mental health, children and families, and special education, focusing on prevention and intervention to promote child and family well-being in vulnerable and underserved populations. Welcome, Dr. McIntyre. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Wonderful. So you focused on parents and parenting interventions in your work with children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Why are parents or other caregivers the focus? Well, parents are children's first teachers, and during the period of early development, children often spend more time with their caregivers than any other person. So the caregiving context is important for establishing these early strong attachments, such as uh, feeling secure with the world around them and feeling like they can explore their environment as young children, having that secure and strong attachment with a caregiver is really important. The caregiver or parenting um, context is really important for children to develop positive and strong parent-child relationships, which can support healthy social and emotional and behavioral growth in young children and certainly in beyond. uh, beyond. And these positive parent-child relationships can also support other aspects of their development, including language and um, cognitive growth and motor development. I focus on children with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and for children with early developmental risk, the parenting and early family context can be an important environment to support that healthy development. So my work has historically focused on young children with early developmental delay or disability, and research suggests that children with early developmental risk are more likely to develop behavioral problems, which can be really stressful for parents and their caregivers. And the behavior can interfere with learning and development. So I feel like parents and the early kind of family context is a rich environment to support parents, but to also support early positive development. Excellent. So one of the parenting interventions you've researched extensively is the Incredible Years Parent Training Program. Can you tell us a little bit more about this program and the adaptations you've made for use with families with young children with IDD and ASD specifically? Sure. The Incredible Years Parent Training Program was developed by Carolyn Webster Stratton at the University of Washington a really long time ago, back in the 1980s. And this program has been used extensively with a range of children and caregivers in different contexts. And what I've done in my own work over the years is use the Incredible Years as a launch pad for providing an evidence-based parenting intervention with children 
but I've made some tweaks to the program to be more appropriate and, um, and, and sensitive and responsive to the needs of families with young children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So let me briefly tell you what, um, what the basic Incredible Years program looks like. Um, it is a curriculum that is manualized. Um, you can purchase it online. And this is not an ad for the Incredible Years program, but it, it, it certainly is an evidence-based program that focuses on positive parenting. So that the focus is on praise and using um, strategies to improve healthy developmental outcomes within the context of play. Uh, the program also focuses on limit setting and supporting parents through setting healthy limits for uh, reducing challenging behavior. Now, the adaptations that I've made uh, to specifically focus on the needs of parents with young children with developmental uh, delay and disability are born out of uh, lots of development work that I've done over the years. We included focus groups of parents with young learners with IDD and developmental delay and ASD. We include focus groups of um, para providers and early interventionists. And the modifications that we made, then we tested out in early small-scale randomized controlled trials. So a couple of the adaptations that I think are really important to highlight is that we focus on the parenting context as a primary context for early growth and development. And rather than taking sort of a cookie cutter approach to understanding children's challenging behavior, the program uh, Incredible Years really thinks about children acting out to seek their parents' attention or other adults' attention. And what we know from the literature on children with ASD and intellectual and developmental disability is that that behavior may serve any number of functions. And so we really try to prepare parents to think like problem solvers and really understand what might be driving their child's behavior. And so we take a more functional approach and we train parents to think about what their child might be getting or getting out of. So that's one really key uh, difference between the evidence-based Incredible Years Parent Training Program sort of out of the box and then the adaptations that we've made. Um, another important adaptation that we've made is really focusing on um, the use of language in the context of play. So many young children with IDD and ASD have delays in language, may have underdeveloped play skills or play repertoire. And so we, we use the strategies of child-directed play and following the child's lead in the context of play but we also remind parents that the focus is on relationships, not necessarily developing the play skills per se. So there are a number of different um, adaptations that I've actually written and published on. And I, I, they take the basic framework of the Incredible Years Parent Training Program and then add the flavor or the nuance of parenting young children with IDD and ASD. The adaptations are published. Um, we are constantly learning through delivering these interventions uh, to parents and caregivers with young children with IDD and ASD. And I'm excited to think about in our next uh, phases of the work, thinking about more culturally appropriate and culturally responsive adaptations that we can make to the program to reach a broader audience. And so I think the, um, the development and the adaptation work is something that will be uh, sort of lifelong uh, learning and incorporating things from families that we serve into this work.
fantastic. And what important adaptations you're making. What have some of your findings been with this work? Sure. Some of my early findings with this work uh, came from a couple of randomized controlled trials. And, and the, the research questions that we asked were pretty straightforward. We, we wanted to know if the intervention uh, delivered, the incredible years parent training intervention with the DD modification, so modifications based on uh, parenting a child with a developmental delay, were effective or efficacious in this case in improving or reducing child behavior problems. And we found very early on that the intervention was effective in reducing behavior problems. Um, the behavior problems that were the focus of these early studies were behaviors that we observed in play uh, and family-based contexts. So uh, we were interested in sort of naturalistic environments. We would go in the family's homes, we would look at parent-child interactions, and we would uh, record the types of behaviors, positive adaptive behaviors, as well as more problematic challenging behaviors. And we would look at changes over time and as a function of intervention. Um, so we saw some clear, strong effects for reduction of child challenging behavior um, associated with the parenting intervention. We also saw a nice increase in positive parenting behaviors that were used within those naturalistic settings. So for example, we saw parents use um, more positive behaviors such as reinforcing or praising uh, appropriate behavior, behaviors that they wanted to see more of. We saw parents using uh, good effective limit settings. So for example, um, using commands that were clear and very easy to understand and then following through on a command or an instruction and providing support and prompting or providing praise uh, when the child uh, listened and followed directions. And, and the key um, takeaway here with some of the early work is that when parents change their parent-child interactions and their parenting behaviors, we saw nice reductions in child challenging behaviors. Um, although not published, we're um, anecdotally collecting some uh, information on children's language as a function of um, enriched and positive parenting. So for example, we're seeing more utterances uh, being spoken within the context of, of play, more spontaneous utterances. Um, and uh, fewer instances of silent play. And of course, any parent with a child with an early developmental delay wants to see their child talking, communicating, and um, socially interacting with the world around them. Now I'm gonna say um, one more finding, which is not necessarily a happy finding, um, but it's one that I've, I've struggled with and, and have been fortunate enough to work with my colleague, Dr. Cameron Nissan. Uh, some of my early work uh, suggested that although these parenting interventions were effective in reducing children's challenging behaviors, parents remained highly stressed. And so I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that, that child challenging behaviors are associated with high levels of parent stress. And in this case, in some of my early work, we saw high levels of uh, caregiver depression. And unfortunately, we did not see any effects, meaningful effects on reducing parent stress or depression. And so the opportunity here, the silver lining here is I've partnered with my colleague, Dr. Cameron Meese um, at Loma Linda University 
to combine a stress intervention, mindfulness-based stress intervention with this behavioral parent training intervention to see if we can't reduce parents' stress and improve parenting within the full kind of combined intervention. And so this work is underway. We're actually getting close to the end of a five-year randomized controlled trial um, that includes children from uh, monolingual Spanish-speaking homes, racially, ethnically, socioeconomically diverse um, samples of children from California and Oregon. And we will be able to speak to the contributions of stress reduction on top of behavioral parent training interventions in terms of reducing not only parenting stress, but improving positive parent-child relationships and reducing, of course, child behavior problems. So we're getting really close to be uh, being able to answer those questions. What an exciting next step. My final question for you is based on your work, what tips or advice would you give to caregivers or others who support children with ASD and IDD? Well, the tips or advice I would give uh, to parents 10 years ago before I had my own children is probably different from the advice I would give now. The advice that I give now is be gentle with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself and with those around you. Recognize and acknowledge that you are doing the very best that you can. I would encourage you to seek out the social support of others. Um, one thing that we found in our research trials is that the support offered by other parents and caregivers from families who you can relate to that, that feel uh, similar to, to your own family can be really important, not only for parents' mental health and well-being, but for reducing the feelings of isolation. We're still living in a global pandemic, and that global pandemic has really focused um, our, our attention as parents on the health and safety and well-being of our children and our loved ones. And so I would say um, in times like this, especially, it's important to be compassionate, but also reach out and ask for support. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. McIntyre, and thank you for doing this work. Thank you. Please tune into our next episode when we interview another leader in the field of IDD and ASD research. If you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please visit our Division 33 website at www.division33.org and use our contact page with the subject line podcast. To all those professionals working in the field, thank you for the work you do. And to those individuals with IDD and ASD and those who support them, we're here to help.